For the week ending on August 17th, Philadelphia had a total record of 7-5 with the Phillies going 4-2, winning a series and losing a series, the Union going 1-1, winning 2-1 and losing 0-2, the Fusion going 1-1 with an 0-4 loss and a 3-1 win, the Eagles winning their one game 24-10, and the Soul losing their one game 27-45. So much to talk about as always, so please sit down, relax, and enjoy your ride here on The Orange Line. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Orange Line. I am your host, as always, Dr. PhD, here to show you, to talk to you, about all of the most important news and moments from the AFL, MLB, MLS, NBA, NHL, NFL, NLL, and OWL, all as it pertains to the city of brotherly love. How do we do that? Well, we, uh... We start off where we left last week, then work our way up from the least amount of news to the most amount of news. And uh, where do we leave off? Well, that would be with none other than the Philadelphia Union. Um, We had a pretty bad Sunday, a pretty bad start of the week, but the Union were able to give us a little bit of good on the Sunday. We, uh, the Beast... I should say, stays on top of the East with uh, some late-game heroics by one Jack Elliott, who uh, came up with a very clutch goal to give a win to the Union. Very nice to see. And uh, it was a packed house. It was a rocking house. There were a lot of videos that I saw of uh, fans chanting, fans getting really into it, feeding some energy into the game, which is something that I absolutely love to see. Um, because that energy, like I said, it goes into the game. The players can feel it. It jacks them up, jacks them up. It really, uh, it drives them. It's something that, uh, if we put a lot in, they will, uh, also put a lot in. So it's something good to see. And I would love to see that energy continue to go. I think that's why the union are really, really, really good at home just because the house is always rocking for this team. We always love a good dupe at home home also uh casper shabilko ends up getting another goal i believe that puts him at fifth in the league in terms of goals which is awesome he's been doing an incredible job for us thus far so good job to casper um and uh then we moved into the next game on saturday which was against the uh, chicago fire and i said last week that I think this should be a pretty good game considering the fact that the last time we played them, we kind of had a really nice clean win over them. We were at home, and uh, I just wanted more of the same going into this week. Unfortunately, the struggles for when we are away continue. That uh, packed house feeling does not come with us, and uh, we're not able to perform at the same kind of level. We're still a pretty good team, just... I don't know, when we're home, we're a whole different beast in the East. Um, But 
this game we saw a lot of shots, a lot taken. I believe uh, 15 in the entire game and only three were on net. The strikers just couldn't find their target. They couldn't find the net and uh, I, I guess they couldn't get a good handle on the ball. I saw a lot of weak headers gone to the net. I saw a lot of shots that were taken that just ended up going wide. Um, couldn't really find their marks, unfortunately. Very upsetting. Uh, very frustrating for this team. Not what we want to see. And late game, it uh, ended up being frustrating for me because it seemed like there was just a lot of passing. A lot of people not really wanting to commit to taking a shot. A lot of non-committal offense. It, it seemed a little bit like mid-season Philadelphia Flyers where it's like, well, no, we're on a power play, but like, I don't want the puck. You can have the puck. I don't want the ball. You can have the ball. You take the shot. No, you take the shot. It's frustrating. Just someone take the shot. It, uh, it wasn't one thing that I wanted to see, and I didn't expect it from this team. I thought we were a little bit better than that, but... It's uh, all right. We are still on top of the East. But uh, the most frustrating thing I can say about this game is that we ended up going into the second half up a man. Uh, 45 minutes in. Uh, so going into the half, three minutes of stoppage time. Uh, one of the guys on Chicago ended up taking a red card, a straight red card for a risky tackle on one Montero. Uh, and... Um, we just weren't able to capitalize on that. We were down two to nothing at that point after a uh, pretty obvious foul that uh, took place in uh, our own box against Sapong, a former Union player, um, which caused them to get a uh, penalty kick, go up to nothing, and that kind of seemed to break our back a little bit. Not good stuff from the Union. But let's talk about the Wings instead. They have uh, not really had too much to talk about going throughout this offseason, and that continues this week. Not a lot of actual Wings nude for the teams for the team in themselves, but uh, we can talk about the World Indoor Lacrosse Championship. I had talked about in the past few weeks about how uh, these teams are coming together. We have five players from the Philadelphia Wings that are going to be playing for the U.S. team. And uh, recently, the schedules and the groups for the start of this tournament have been released. So uh, I figured, why not talk about some of these matches? It's at least something fun to look forward to. So the U.S.'s first matches in the group stages are going to be as follows. September 19th, we're going to face off against Canada in the first match, followed by Israel the next day on the 20th. On the 21st, we're going to be playing the Iroquois Nationals, and ending the group stage, we are going to be playing England. And I'll be honest, I can't really gauge how good of a group this is. I don't know the strength of all of these uh, national teams for lacrosse. But I am uh, excited. It's going to be fun, and I promise next week I will figure some of this out, look at the USA's chances of walking away with some wins. Uh, a lot of fun stuff to look forward to for uh, this, you know, off-season, this Wings off-season, uh, because we all love lacrosse. It's just like hockey, but you're on feet. It's a lot of fun. But instead of talking about hockey on your feet, let's talk about hockey on the ice. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh once again, another silent week. There's a real lack of news for these two 
Um, but as the season is getting closer and closer, we can start to take a look at what the lines for this team could actually look like. This past week, Bill Meltzer uh, wrote a series of articles talking about what could be one of the more, I'll say, up-in-the-air positions for this team, which would be uh, the third-line wingers, who's going to be on the sides. Um, And I feel like, for the most part, a lot of people's uh, mock lineups could pretty much look the same. I think the first line's pretty set, the fourth line's pretty set, the second line has a few moves that could be, you know, toyed around with, but it seems pretty certain. The defense seems pretty certain. We all know who's going to start in goal. So, um... I think the third line is going to be one of those positions that could uh, have a lot of different mix-ups. You know, we have Tyler Pitlick who could be in there. We have maybe one of the younger guys, maybe someone like a like a Morgan Frost or Joel Farabee. I don't know. I don't know. I'm being hopeful, obviously, with those. But it could be up in the air. There's a whole lot of stuff that, uh, you know, could be going on with this team. So uh, if you want give a look at all those articles let me or mr melter know what you think i'm sure he would love the feedback just like i would um but yeah i I think it's going to be fun to take a look at this team and see where things could end up landing but that is it for the philadelphia flyers so let's move on to the sixers the sixers um did have a little piece of news this week they dropped the season schedule the 2019-2020 season schedule and uh it is going to be really fun this is pretty much the only thing i could find in terms of news we did have assist week this week and got to see a whole bunch of ben simmons highlights of him passing the ball around being incredible at the sport of basketball but uh, I really felt like that's not too much to talk about, so we can talk about some of the uh, interesting games that are going to be played this season in Wells Fargo. On uh, October 23rd is when we start the season. It's our season opener and our home opener versus Boston, which is a very interesting matchup to start everything with. And uh, then we have a Christmas Day game versus the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis. Um, I would say his last name, but I don't know how to pronounce it. So uh, this could be a really fun one. I believe the stat I saw is that we haven't had a Christmas Day game since 1986 or something like that. So uh, going to be pretty fun to be playing on Christmas Day. Hopefully Giannis is missing his family and missing some presents. Can't be focused on the game and we can walk away with a pretty big win. Um, Then on January 21st, we have the L.A. Lakers coming to town. LeBron and Anthony Davis will get their chance at playing in Philadelphia, uh, against Philadelphia, I should say. And uh, by this point, we should probably have a good idea of how that team is going to work. And speaking of tandems that could have the potential of being really good, the Clippers will be in town on February 11th. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that dynamic duo, roll in. Very, very fun to see. Hopefully we can beat up on Kawhi like he did on us in uh, the past playoffs. And then... um, We have uh, the Houston Rockets coming in on March 31st. It's going to be James Harding and Russell Westbrook, another one of those incredible duos that people are talking about in this league right now. Um, Once again, we should know how that is working out, but it should be pretty good for them. I have uh, 
some high expectations for those two, but I have high expectations for our own dynamic duo of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And I want to save this game for last. It's one that's very, very intriguing to me, I'll say, which is the return of my boy, J.J. Redick and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, That is going to be on December 13th. Um, I say that just because I like J.J. I hope he does well, just not as well as the Sixers. But, um, yeah, some key dates to look forward to. If there's any that I miss, please feel free to let me know because uh, this should be a really, really fun and interesting season for the Sixers. Another team that should have an interesting season is the Philadelphia Eagles. They are getting ready, they are being prepared, and they are making some signings. They had another preseason matchup this week on Thursday, taking the win 24-10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that team should sound familiar because one Nick Foles is, uh, well, he's being the quarterback for that team. He will be... uh, a starting quarterback, I believe, which is really cool. I always thought he should have been a starting quarterback anyway, but good for him for getting the position there. And I got to say, the dude is such a homie. I saw uh, a whole lot of tweets and videos of him having a conversation with, I believe, Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz before the game. And, you know, they're just like, oh, cool. How's it going? You know, you're a cool guy. We really love you, Nick. You know, how's it hanging? Blah, blah, blah. Everything, you know, that friends would do. He also said uh, earlier in the week that he's not going to be wearing number nine for Jacksonville because number nine deserves to stay in Philly because of how much it meant in that moment. Gotta love Nick Foles. He's my personal favorite Eagles quarterback of all time. He is the greatest Eagles ba- Eagles quarterback of all time, and uh, that is fantastic to hear from him. It kind of reminds me of when Harper came in and was like, oh, I'm not going to wear 34 because 34 deserves to be uh, just Roy Halladay's number. He's the last one that wore it, and he was fantastic, and Nick Foles is... Uh, Kind of being that homie, so cool for him. But speaking of quarterbacks, the Eagles lose another one. Um, Cody Kessler ends up going down pretty early into the game with a concussion on a blindside hit. So he uh, is following that protocol right now. Hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully he is okay, and hopefully um, he can return as soon as possible. Um, But other than that, it was a pretty decent win for the Eagles. Um, it's just, you know, preseason, so we get to see what some of these guys are going to be doing later in the season. A lot of, uh, different options were taken during the game. You know, everyone gets a bit of the ball, sharing it around. You get a few passes, you get a few passes. Okay, now you can run, you can run. A whole lot of fun stuff. It narrows the team down, and, um, the only question that really remained after the game was who is going to be the backup quarterback. And thankfully, that question was answered pretty early on Saturday. Uh, The 17th, the Eagles signed quarterback Josh McCallan. It will be his 17th season in the league, which is pretty incredible. Um, But it is a pretty good signing, considering the fact that he's a pretty competent quarterback. He hasn't had the best uh, run of things in the past few years, but he's getting older. But he does know the game of football. He is a fairly, uh, like I said, competent quarterback in that role, especially as a backup. So uh, if we need him in a pinch, hopefully he can get the job done. And as a whole, it seems like fans are pretty pleased 
with this signing. I mean, Twitter's always confusing. You can never really make heads or tails of how they actually feel about things because some things just come off as sarcastic. Some things just come off as excitement. I have no idea what's going on, but I am hopeful that this signing can be good news for the Eagles. But to wrap up the football news, we can talk about the Philadelphia Soul. They had a big game this Sunday. It is Championship Sunday or was Championship Sunday. Arena Bowl 32 went down. And the one thing I want to say is thank you, Philadelphia Soul, for the ride. Um, It was a really fun time. Got to see a few games. Got to cheer these guys on the heart and soul of Philadelphia was on full display, but unfortunately, I also have to say congratulations to the Albany Empire for winning yet another Arena Bowl. Good for you guys. You were very, very good. Um, obviously better than us, but yeah, good job for getting there, Philadelphia's soul. And it started off pretty good. We had two quick touchdowns to start the game, but we ended up going down after 21 unanswered points in the second quarter. It kind of broke our back really early. Darius Prince, the fresh prince of Seoul, uh, continued his touchdown streak, which was really fun. Hopefully he can do that going into next season as well. Uh, but it just was not enough. Uh, one thing to note, too, is uh, rookie BJ Bunn had a pretty good game. He had 10 receptions, 129 yards, a touchdown of his own. So very, very nice stuff from him. Um, But as a whole, the Empire continued to reign. They uh, continued their Empire, and they were just really, really good all season long, even in championship matters. The offense felt a little shaky, maybe a little nervous. Maybe the crowd got to them. Um... And the defense could only do so much, so those were the two takeaways I had from this game. The offense gave a few balls away when, you know, they they really shouldn't have some fumbles, some interceptions, not a good time. And like I said, the defense could only do so much. James Ruman uh, started the game off with a forced fumble in the first quarter, which uh, led to getting a quick start for the Soul. Unfortunately, they just could not put it away. So thank you once again to the Philadelphia Soul. Moving on, though, to the Philadelphia Fusion. They um, they had an up-and-down week, or I should say a down-and-up week, considering how their record went. It all started off on Sunday against the Vancouver Titans, and uh, I said going into this week that we were feeling pretty good coming off of a win and that uh, this week would be really important to prove our spot in the playoffs, that we deserve to be in the playoffs, and uh, you know, just guarantee that we're going to be in the playoffs going into the week. We were not certain, but um, yeah, we ran into a bit of a roadblock in the Vancouver Titans. They're insane at Overwatch. They're really, really good. Beat us 0-4, just you know, like you would imagine. Um, not too much uh, cutting-edge stuff to talk about here. I was hoping that uh, this new meta would end up giving us an edge. We have uh, a whole bunch of really good duos for each role, and uh, even though Vancouver was really good at the GOATS meta going into Stage 4, and you know I should say halfway through Stage 3, but unfortunately they were really good at this meta as well. It made me nervous for the playoffs. We weren't guaranteed to be in there. I was scared that we, you know weren't going to be playing our best, but thankfully 
we came into this week and we already knew that we were going to be in the playoffs due to all the other teams that had played before us we uh were guaranteed our spot and this game was kind of for funsies but we still deserve to get a win because it proves you know our our spot we we should be here and we were playing against a team that is kind of parallel to us we are right next to each other in terms of record and in terms of skill i would say but we were playing the soul dynasty and uh we got a big win a three to one win uh despite losing map two and the only thing I can say about that is my suspicions seem to continue to be right about the fact that we cannot set the pace. We are not good at that. Uh, if we could attack second every single time, that would be fantastic. It just doesn't seem like that is the case. Um, but a pretty clean win overall. 3-1, uh, like I said, winning map 1, 2-1, winning map 3, 3-2, and winning, winning map 4, 2-1. Again, Havana seems to be just a really, really good map for us. Um, and uh, EQ, oh man, he is absolutely being the MVP of this stage. His May is fantastic, has great wall placements, and uh, he's able to stop some pushes, completely invalidate some ultimates shutting down a lot of baptiste's uh amplification matrix and uh just a whole lot of really good intangible kind of uh plays from him a lot of big brain plays coming out of eqo and it allowed the team to be really creative with how they were approaching some situations moving on to points and being able to put a barrier down from arisa on one side of the map and putting a wall down on the other side to force you know some choke points some different moves from the other team and uh, the creative play was just something that I really like to see. I hope it continues going into the playoffs and uh, they can work on plays as they have the next week off. They are all done for the regular season, and now we just have to practice, 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 and make sure that our push in the playoffs is really, really good. we got to get to grand finals. If you haven't bought your tickets, make sure you get them. It's going to be in Philadelphia. It's going to be a fun time. But we have one more team to talk about, and that is the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, they had a pretty weird start to the week, I'll say. Uh, we were finishing up a series against the San Francisco Giants. Ended up going down in this game 6-9, to nine, but the Phillies did manage to get 10 hits, 11 walks, and 6 runs, like I had already said. But they were only 4 for 14 with runners in scoring position, 7 for 23 in the series as a whole. And I believe I said something on Facebook a little while ago that was along lines of 16, and six, 16 for 62 with runners in scoring position in the entire week. Uh, so it has been very frustrating getting those key hits um, out of our offensive players. Um, and another note that I had from this game is what point do we just get rid, not get rid, do we sit Jake Arrieta? Do we put him on the injured list because it's it's not working out? Can it be right now? Can it be at this exact moment that he is on the injured list? Well, we end up getting that answer later in the week, which is yes. Um, he just can't seem to get out of the fourth or fifth inning. He He's not pitching the way we know that he can, and I've said it before. I'd rather have him at 100% later in the season than at 85% 85 right now. That's just me. Um, 
But as a whole, like, both teams shit the bed. Like I said, we got walked 11 times. The Giants sent out eight pitchers in the entire game, none of which went longer than 1.2 innings. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened in this game. We both played like garbage, and... I don't know. I just, I just want to put that series behind us. Thankfully, we did. We got Monday off. Time to relax, center ourselves. We're back home at Citizens Bank Park on Tuesday. And uh, the return home also saw the return of hitting season. JT Romuto stayed hot. He had his 16th home run of the year in this game. Also, Jason Vargas had a pretty good game. Uh, did a pretty decent job going six innings in the 4-2 to two win over the Chicago Cubs. Way to start a series. And the, the day, Tuesday, was also the day that we saw the firing of our old hitting coach, and uh, the hiring of one Charlie Manuel, which uh, sparked a lot of interest from Phillies fans all over social media. And his first day on the job was the very next day, Wednesday, which saw an 11-1 to win. 11 runs in this game, 13 hits, a very, very nice welcome back for Charlie Manuel, a not-so-nice welcome back for one Cole Hamels. We end up chasing him after two innings. He has eight earned runs on the day. Not a good job for him, but uh, thanks for coming back. <laughs> Miss you, Cole. Um, Harper hits two home runs in this game. JT Romuto also hits one as well. He has a hot bat. Right now, he's the best catcher in all of baseball. Um, I also got to say, I love Aaron Nola. He goes six, no, seven innings in this game. Has three hits, only one earned run, seven strikeouts on the day, moves to 11-3 and three on the season. The dude is really good at pitching. And uh, he ends up winning the battle against Cole Hamels, so that's pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Put that in your hat and... Uh, Tell everyone, go, oh, I'd be Cole Hamels. That's pretty fun. Um, also, every starter in this game ends up getting a hit, including Knowles. So uh, a little fun fact, a little FF for you right there. Uh, and so that won the series for us. We were looking to sweep on Thursday, and uh, we kind of got a little bit of a fright. We go down uh, five to... Uh, five to nothing, actually, going into the eighth. We only get one run in the eighth. You uh, Darvish was insane he pitched really really well this game I think he goes seven innings had 12 strikeouts or something ridiculous like that but uh the Cubs bullpen thank goodness could not close it out uh we struggled really really early in the game until the late game where we managed six hits in the last two innings to get us all seven of those runs um and we probably had the greatest moment of the season so far. Like I said, we ended up coming back, got the walk-off, six runs in the ninth inning, and Harper hits a grand slam. I think the ball went mm, about 13,000 miles into the air, landed in the second deck, and uh, he just had he had the best reaction to it. John Cruck had an incredible reaction to it. If you haven't seen the video, you should probably go check it out. It was my Friday morning motivation because... It was just such a good feeling watching that ball get right off of his bat into the stands, give us the walk-off win. Absolutely great time from the Phillies. Hitting season is indeed back. Then we go into Friday. 
with another win. It came from the batter's box. We had 12 hits, 8 earned runs for us, so good job. Harper hits another home run, a 3-run jack this time, one short of another Grand Salami. Real Muto, another one, had 2 RBIs on the day. Uh, So our bats warming up, getting hot, hitting season is real. Also, Vince Velasquez, Vinny Velo, had five good innings pitched, had two hits in that time. Um, Obviously, five is his limit because he kind of broke down in the sixth inning. I believe he went 5.2. But a four-game win streak for the Phils hasn't happened in a long time. But uh, it has happened four other times this season, and like those four other times, we were not able to get the fifth. Four is our limit for our win streaks. Not what I want, um, but it's okay. The week ended up getting bookended by losses. Real Muto homered again in a 3-5 to five loss to um, the San Diego Padres. We, uh, we, I don't know, we can't really string together win- wins this much, but as long as we're winning a lot more than we're losing... Hey, I'm okay with it. Also, Real Muto, two home runs away from getting a career high in home runs for a season. That's really fun. Um, Back to the pitching problems in this one. Eflin only goes three and two-thirds. Now, it's, I don't know. It it seems like we have two and a half good pitchers, and everyone else is just not great. It's not enough. It's not what's going to make us one of those teams that's, you know, playoff dangerous you know get through the uh wild card get through the divisional series and then the champions series i don't know it, it, we just don't really seem like that team but it all depends on how we do going into the later part of the season so why don't we talk about that the team schedule is coming up ahead is going to go as follows the phillies start this week off with a series ender against the San Diego Padres. See who's going to win this series. Then we have a little two-game series starting on Tuesday to Wednesday, the 20th to the 21st, at Boston. And then uh, Friday to Saturday, we also have an away series at Miami, playing the Marlins. So that's going to be the Phillies week. The Union have one game this week. It's going to be against D.C. United. That's going to be happening on Saturday. And the Eagles have their third preseason game of the preseason which is going to be against Baltimore back in Philadelphia so that is something to look forward to and uh, other things that you can look forward to as always are the Dr. PhD picks of the week I always pick three things two of which are going to be Philadelphia sports related and the third one is going to be a little rando you never know what it's going to be but it's something that's going to be real fun so what are they? This week, number one is going to be the Eagles. They have a bit of a QB problem. So uh, who the heck is going to finish out the preseason? Who the heck is going to be the backup quarterback going into the regular season? We have so many questions about this position, and we have so many questions about the future of this team. Hopefully they can all be answered before the regular season starts, and then hopefully Carson Wentz can continue to uh, just be Carson Wentz and then be healthy. That'd be great, too. But we have to see who's going to be the starter this week. Is it going to be Josh? Is it going to be some rando? We don't know, but we have to find out. The second one this week is also going to be the D.C. United game. 
where uh, they're going to come in to Philadelphia. The last time we played them, we beat them in a very, very big, important game in Washington, D.C., and they're going to be wanting to get revenge in our house, but we can't let them. We are the beast in the East, and we are one of the best teams in the league. Um, plus, we're kind of good at home. We're really good at home. Did you hear that house that was rocking last week on Sunday? Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for DCU, but hopefully, not even hopefully, I'm going to say we're going to walk away with a win on this one as well. And the third pick this week, I couldn't really think of much, so what I want to do is give a special shout-out to my niece who is turning two this week. Um, love you, kid. Hope you have a really, really fun and uh, excitement-filled birthday this week. It's also my dad's birthday today. Shout-out to dad. Um, going to be a, uh, a real fun one coming up ahead so all of that is stuff you can look forward to if you would like please feel free to follow me on social media it's going to be at dr phd d-o-c-t-e-r-p-h-d you can also follow the podcast it's going to be at orange line pod spelled exactly the way you think and on facebook you can find us under the orange line podcast i've been doing uh daily posts calling it the daily john uh where It's not so much of a recap. It's not so much of a preview. It's just talking about some of the games that are going to be happening on the day um, and giving a little insight about who to look out for, maybe something that happened the night before, maybe something that could happen during the day, but uh, just giving a little bit of detail surrounding the game as it is about to happen, I'll say. Um, But you can find that on Facebook at The Orange Line Podcast. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, any other um, podcast streaming platform, you can also watch it on YouTube. Um, it's going to be on my channel, Dr. PhD. Post it every Sunday, just like I do with the podcast. And all of that being said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Please feel free to let me know what you think of the show, what I can do to improve any part of the show. And have a great week. It should be a fun one here in Philadelphia, and this week was pretty positive. Hopefully that can continue, and I will see you all next time.